become a bit of a church hopper these days, visiting places of worship for the express purpose of learning what men of God are sharing or or not sharing about the end times and what that might mean for their congregations. You know, if I've learned anything in the last year or two, it's that mature, seasoned, God-fearing, Jesus-loving saints have more than a passing curiosity about the end times. They want answers. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. What I've concluded is that, for the most part, pastors are keeping the message pretty vanilla, sticking to the fundamentals of the faith, encouraging witnessing, reading their Bibles, etc., a a solid gospel message. Certainly nothing wrong with that. Now, to be fair, my visits have not resulted in some sort of scientific evaluation— Information to be headlined in the next edition of the American think tank Pew Research Center. And also, to be fair, these are one-and-done visits. I have no way of knowing, not in the least, if the pastor plans a 12-part series on Daniel or Revelation the week after my visit. So all of this is to say what I'm not hearing is any meaningful prophetic presentation of an apocalyptic gospel where congregations are encouraged to examine more closely the season in which they're living and consider the clearly prophesied critical must events that will precede the Lord's return. So, what can we say about all that? Well, we live in a time of generational and global transitions, social and religious dynamics that clearly point to something much more than getting our politics straight before the next election. No, where 21st century civilization is advanced in these days will require a mature understanding of what God has soon planned for His covenant people Israel and the church's role in evangelism as we approach the demon-inspired events that will cast across the globe the most satanic deceptions in history. Many of us have just participated in an extraordinary 21 days of fasting and prayer for Israel. Based on Isaiah 62 and the call for watchmen, forerunners, who cry out for the covenant nation as we approach the timely prophetic events that will signal the Lord's return. Truly, these are momentous times. So, if these generational and global transitions are well underway, and they are, What must be the message from the pulpits? What must pastors and teachers, even at great risk to their positions, what must they communicate with their people? The days ahead will see numerous prophetic voices emerge, some of them right on, others clairvoyant trivia. The church will need the prophetic discernment to know the difference. In such transition, the church must recover its sense of urgency. We're being plunged into a period of time the Bible speaks of more than any other period in history. At least 150 chapters dedicated to the subject of the end times, 89 in the Gospels alone. My point is this. If there's that much information on the authority of scriptures, it will require clear, discerning voices coming from the priesthood of every believer. Listen to how 1 John 2.27 puts it. But the anointing which you have received from him, that's from Jesus, if that anointing abides in you, 
and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Whenever we're moved by the Holy Spirit to speak, we should be able to say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me. The anointed soul understands the mysteries of the kingdom, hidden from the wise and the prudent. It'll be weak, lovesick worshipers that'll have the in-season word of the Lord for today's congregations. Men who recognize there's an urgency and, and that God's doing a quick work in the earth. Secondly, the church must recover its belief in the existence of intelligent, organized evil. You know, many in the church play fast and loose with spiritual warfare, almost as if it were some sort of novelty item to be bantered around in casual conversation. Paul makes it clear there's much more to the battle we face. Listen to him in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, supernatural creatures, spiritual powers, who, under the permissive will of God and as the result of human sin, exercise satanic and antagonistic authority over the world in its present condition of spiritual darkness and alienation from God. To wrestle successfully with Satan, we must wrestle with God in irresistible prayer, just like Jacob with the angel of the Lord. The prophet Hosea says it this way, he, that was Jacob, he, he strove, he went, he went all out with the angel, and, and he prevailed. He wept, and he sought his favor. He met with God at Bethel, and there God spoke with us. The church must also understand the worldviews of today and the distinctiveness of the gospel message. We can't any longer teach the Bible in a vacuum. The Bible, the book of Revelation in particular, is the canonized end-time prayer manual for the church. Pay attention to it. Pray it. Listen to this carefully, beloved. The God we love and serve, he allowed himself to be beaten up by a man, overcome death, all so he could claim unconditional relationship with whom he created. Think on that for a while. And finally, the church must once again recover its understanding of the prophetic voice. There's a significant gap between the state of our biblical literacy and our excitement over prophetic voices. Not everything heard from the mouths of good men will pass muster for the word of the Lord in these critical days ahead. The prophet is to be found where people are straying. Priests and intercessors, they approach each other in the midst of a sinful people for the sake of justice and reconciliation. We don't need someone coming down from the mountain to tell us what to do. We, we need a body of believers who've been taught of God so we aren't moved by the many voices that's going to come. There's a great deception nearly in front of us, and, and it will be without equal. So we need to pray. Father, if there was ever a time we need wisdom from the throne room of heaven is right now. It's clear, Lord, that 
The spiritual deception is underway and it's only going to get more intense and even vile in the coming days. Lord, we're seeking understanding and, and we're seeking discernment from your Holy Spirit. Lord, there's, there's so many voices, so many positions, so many theories out there. Listen, so many good ideas, Lord, that are not your ideas. Lord, we're your sheep and we're, we're given to distraction and we have a tendency to wander. We're asking you to instruct us, to teach us in the way we should go, and to guide us with your eye upon us. And we ask these things of you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Subscribe and share the podcast, my friends. And Maranatha, I'm Bill Nordstrom. Nordstrom.